There's lots of advice telling you how to set and reach your goals. But before you dive in, it's a good idea to know God's plan for your life. Find joy in pursuing the next steps God has for you in Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, Forward, Discovering God's Presence and Purpose in Your Tomorrow. God does have a perfect plan for you, and it's time to embrace your life's purpose. It's time to move forward. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash forward. Chaos and anxiety are two of the weapons Satan loves deploying in your life. Your best defense? The peace that comes from a life led by the Spirit. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah explains how you can make peace a part of the armor you wear into the world and the invisible realm of spiritual warfare. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, The Shoes of the Gospel of Peace. Today we continue our study in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're talking about spiritual warfare. Well, we are looking at the various implements of war, which are protective, actually, that um, Paul said we should put on every day. We're to start by putting on the girdle of truth, followed by the breastplate of righteousness, and now the shoes of the gospel of peace. We started that on Friday. We'll finish it up today. We hope you will be with us throughout the day and throughout the month as we learn more about spiritual warfare. We have a couple of resources we want to tell you about before we get into our teaching today. We have a beautiful bookmark that contains the Warrior's Prayer. And the Warrior's Prayer has been picked up by a lot of people over the years. We put it in a new uh, perspective and a new format. It's now yours uh, free. Just ask for it. It's on a beautiful, uh, beautiful, colorful bookmark. And the back of the bookmark gives you the prayer. If we have not sent this to you before and you don't have a copy of this, you need to get a copy. And all you have to do is ask for it. You don't have to send any money or make any pledges or anything. Just say, please send me the Warrior's Prayer and we'll do it. Then we do have a resource that we want to ask you to help us with financially. It's the book, Spiritual Warfare, the gift book, answers to questions about what it means to be in a spiritual war. This 200-page book 185 pages of questions and answers and some other ancillary products inside the book. This is yours for a gift of any size during the month of June. We want to encourage you to help us this month. It's a very special month for all of us because we end up this fiscal year in the month of June. And who could have known all that would happen to us in this past year? But here we are on the verge of a new year and a new opportunity. And we want to encourage you to help us finish strong in this month as we finish our fiscal year together. If you haven't already sent your gift and asked for your copy, please do so today. Your gifts are important. They're tax deductible. And uh, they're rewarded by a very special book that we think will be a blessing to you in the days to come. Well, let's get started here. Ephesians 6.15 is our text. We're talking about the shoes of the gospel of peace. If you don't exemplify the peace of God, if you are constantly worrying, how are you going to do battle with the enemy? The Bible says you've got to put on the shoes of peace. You've got to get past worrying about the things everybody else worries about. What good does it do to worry? That is the whole point. Not to have your shoes on is unproductive. To think that you can go through your life, take care of all the circumstances of your life by yourself, trying to fight the war without the peace of God, it is not going to work. You've got to be able to trust the one who has called you into battle. 
And without shoes, this is pretty rough, but without shoes, you're unchristian. Notice what it says in verses 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry. Do not lack peace in your life, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, the word Gentiles is often translated in the Bible by the word pagans. It means those who don't know God. It is simply an observation that if you get all hung up over all the basics, you are no different than the world. So you're supposed to be fighting the world. Now you're acting like the world. What side are you on? God says, settle down into my provision for you. Take knowledge of the peace that I provided and the promises that I have given. And then there's one more. Without shoes, you're unprepared. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient unto the day is its own trouble. Can it get a witness? Isn't that true? Every day brings its own set of issues. Every day brings its own set of challenges. But every day also brings the sufficiency of the God who is our peace, the God who has promised to provide everything we need. And when we trust in him, we can go forward in strength. David said, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. And Peter wrote, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, here's the issue, folks. You can't be strong in the battle if you don't have confidence in your commander-in-chief. And he who has called you to battle is none other than the captain of your salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he is our peace. That becomes the foundation upon which we stand and we go forward with this sense that while all of the world is in turmoil, we live in kind of the center of the storm, secure in the peace of God, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've talked about how this relates to the rest of the armor, how we are required to do this in order to be successful, and all the reasons for it. Let's finish up by talking about how we requisition the shoes. How do we get this piece? We have to go and requisition this piece of equipment. What do we do? I'd like to suggest you several things that the Bible says about peace that might be meaningful to all of us, some of these things to some and some of these things to others. First of all, in order to have peace, you have to meet the author of peace. And who is the author of peace? Some of you may not have any peace in your heart because you've never met the author of peace. How do I have peace in my life? Peace with God comes when I become a Christian. Peace of God settles in in my heart as I walk in the Christian life. But here are some scriptures that will help you get your arms around what it means to meet the author of peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, God is not the author of confusion, but God, and we often talk about that part of the verse, but the rest of it we forget. He's not the author of confusion, but he's the author of what class? He's the author of peace. Hebrews 13.20 calls him the God of peace. That's his name. Philippians 4.9 says, the God of peace will be with you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, the God of peace himself will will completely sanctify you. And then 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace give you peace always in every way. There are four scriptures right there that tell us who God is, who the Lord is. He's the God of peace. He's the Lord of peace. And God sent Jesus Christ into this world to be your Savior. He wants you to come to know the peace that you can have with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. If you don't know Jesus Christ... You cannot know peace. 
Because without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are in a constant conflict with your Maker. And here's the reason why. When God created you, He created you with a God-shaped vacuum in your heart. And until God is at home there, because you invite Him into your life and ask Him to be your Savior, you are always churning. You're always uneasy. And what we do is we go around, we try to stuff everything into that space. We try entertainment. We might even try football. We try all kinds of things to find happiness, and we discover how disappointing they all are. Because you see, we were made specifically by our Creator to be incomplete until Jesus Christ becomes our Savior. So I want to ask you this question. Have you met the author of peace? Are you a Christian? If you're looking for peace in this generation, there is no way around. It comes through Jesus Christ and through him alone. He is the Lord of peace. Secondly, if you've met the author of peace, maybe you should meditate on the Prince of Peace a little bit. Isaiah 26 verse 3 is one of my favorite verses, and this is what it says. You will keep him in peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. Literally, the verse is kind of an interesting verse. It has a double Hebrew construction. It says, you will keep him in peace, peace, whose mind is stayed on you. How do you get the peace in the inner part of your being? Well, you get it by coming to know Christ and coming to know who he is and meditating upon him and keeping him central in your thought. Listen to the verse again. You will keep him in peace. How? whose mind is stayed upon you. In other words, the Bible says you can have peace not only through Jesus Christ as your Savior, but once he becomes your Savior, you stay close to him, and he becomes the focus of your life. Thirdly, you can requisition your shoes of peace by manifesting the spirit of peace in your life. The Bible says that peace is the inevitable result of the Spirit of God controlling your life. The Bible says if you are filled with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will be love and joy. And what's the third one, class? Peace. If you are controlled by the Spirit of God, God's peace will be an evident characteristic of your life. How can I tell if I'm controlled by the Spirit of God? By the quietness within me when there's turmoil around me. Have you ever been around somebody like that? I've been around a few people like that who just exhibit this, and it's such an incredible thing. They can be going through the worst storm of their life, and when you're with them, you wish you could figure out how do they stay so calm in the midst of all of this? Well, if they're Christians, we know how. They have come to know the peace of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their life. Here's a fourth thing that helps you requisition this peace as a Christian. Memorize the word of peace. Memory is a very bad thing for people. After you get past 40, don't ask me to memorize anything, right? Memories for little kids, memories for the Bible Memory Association, memories for your verses that you learn before you go to Sunday school. But let me just sort of rattle the cage a little bit. Adults can memorize too. It may be harder, but it will be more meaningful because you'll have more insight into the ministry of the Word of God. I got a book from a friend of mine, Rob Morgan, who does a lot of writing for our magazine and is such a wonderful writer. He's written a book called A Hundred Bible Verses You Should Know and Why You Should Know Them. And he's picked out what he believes are the hundred most important verses in the Bible. And he's written a little chapter on every one of them. And you can go to his website and find all of this material along with cards that you can pull out to help you memorize what he considers to be the top 100 verses you should know from the Bible. Now, wouldn't that be a pretty cool thing to do? You'd say, a hundred verses? Well, some of them are real easy. 
So, you know, the easy ones maybe are 30, so you got 70. And probably of those 70, you might know five, so now you're down to 65. (laughs) So, you know, wouldn't it be great? And here's how he's done it. You get the verse, you see it printed out, and then he writes a little chapter about the verse that helps you understand what it means, which makes it far easier for you to remember the content of the verse. Everyone can do that. You want the peace of God in your life? When you get the Word of God in your life, it helps you deal with the problems and stresses that you find all around you. Memorize the Word of Peace. And then there's one last one, and that is measure your life by the rule of peace. What do we do to requisition these shoes? We meet the author of peace. We meditate on the prince of peace. We manifest the spirit of peace. We memorize the word of peace. And here's the last one. Measure your life by the rule of peace. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And you know what the word rule is in the language of the New Testament? It's the word umpire. Let the peace of God umpire in your heart. When you have a decision to make, and you're walking with the Lord, one of the ways that you test your decision is whether or not the Lord gives you peace about that decision. I want to tell you how I came to be the pastor of this church. Tim LaHaye tried to get me to come here two years before I actually came. I said no twice. And then after the third invitation, this time from the pulpit committee, I began to think that maybe God wanted me to do this. But you have to understand, I had started a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana from scratch. We had about 1,500 people. I had won many of them to Christ. I was involved in all the buildings we built. We started a school. We were on television. Man, you don't leave something that you started, that you built from the ground up. And I wasn't sure this was what I should do. Now, my wife was pretty sure we should come to California, but she couldn't persuade me. One day, she got so frustrated at me, she said, I believe if the Lord would come down here personally and tell you to go to California, you'd still say no. That's what she told me. I mean, you can't believe Donna would ever say something like that, but she did. I'll tell you one little funny thing that happened. One of the reasons we talked about not coming here was because of earthquakes. And during the time we were talking about that, we had the only earthquake I'd ever heard of in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm not kidding you. We did. We had an earthquake in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I thought, well, you know what? God can send earthquakes any place he wants, so maybe we should take that one off the list. But here's what I ultimately did, because I didn't know what to do. I talked to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know if I should stay here or if I should go there. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up every day this week as if I'm going to stay here. I'm going to think thoughts about staying here, not any thoughts about going there. If you want me to stay here, when I think about staying here this next week, I want you to give me a sense of peace in my heart. And I started out the week, and every time I turned around, I was thinking about California. I couldn't get peace. I couldn't get that settledness in my heart. And so the next week, I said, okay, Lord, let's try this the other way. This week, I'm going to live every day as if I'm going to California, and I'm going to go out there into that crazy place with the fruits and the nuts and be a pastor. That's what I'd heard. People told us you couldn't raise your kids out here. They'd all become delinquents and all the rest. But I got up that Monday, and every day that week when I would run, I would think about, okay, God, do you want me in California? And little by little over that week, a kind of peace settled in my heart that this is what God wanted me to do. I didn't come all the way to the decision, but I know that that week was the week God used. Now, what happened was the peace of God became the umpire in my heart. 
Have you ever known that? Have you had people say, well, you know, I'd like to do this, but I just don't have any peace about it. That's not something you should turn your head away from. I believe that God uses the sense of peace in your heart to confirm and to direct your life. So when you put on these shoes of peace, measure your life by the rule of peace and let that rule make a difference. Cultivate that in your heart. Cultivate it in your life. Don't push it away and realize, too, that emotions can sometimes masquerade as God's peace. But I know that when I've really needed the peace of God to confirm a decision, he's supplied it. He's always been faithful to do that. That's how God rules in your heart. Now let me say, I'm not talking about quiet tension here. Quiet tension is not peace. It's just compressed anxiety. Too often we think we are trusting when we're just controlling our panic. True faith gives not only a calm exterior, but a quiet heart. It makes it possible for you to sleep at night in the midst of difficulty. I have known that peace in very stressful times in my life, and it's so amazing to me that with all the stress, I can still sleep. I can pillow my head. And there have been times when I haven't been able to do that because I'm human like the rest. There have been times when some things have just upset me so much, I haven't been able to sleep. But the majority of the time as I've trusted the Lord, he's given me the peace in my heart in spite of all the churning that's going on out there. And that's a wonderful testimony to the grace of God for his people. Gene Carson is a writer for Discipleship Magazine, and he often writes meditations. And one of his meditations he wrote on inner peace, and he talked about the peace that the Lord had while he was on this earth. In fact, he actually incorporated into his little article, John 14, 27, which says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he went on in his article to describe how the Lord experienced peace during his lifetime. No matter what his circumstances were, he always seemed to be at peace. And we get the picture of him sleeping in the back of a boat during the midst of a storm. (laughs) When he was under attack, you never see him flustered. The only time you ever see him retaliate in any sense of the word is when it is righteous anger against some evil principle like what happened when he cleansed the temple. While he is waiting for his crucifixion, there seems to be a sense of calm and direction in his life. Then Carson goes on in his article and he talks about what happened after the Lord left and what happened to the disciples. And we can all identify with this. They had been the recipients of the peace that Jesus had. Remember, he said, my peace I leave with you. Then he left them and he left them with his peace. And what did they do, class? They fell apart. Carson strikes this note of reality when he said, in spite of this, the disciples didn't experience a glorious, uninterrupted sense of peace. One of them denied the Lord. Another betrayed him when he was arrested. And the Bible says all of them deserted him in fear. Circumstances temporarily removed Jesus' peace from their heart. But confession paved the way for it to return. And the disciples did experience peace as we do as a matter of growth. We see that growth in the book of Acts. When you read the book of Acts, you watch as the disciples, first of all, appear like frightened cowards, and then later as undaunted men who stood firm in their sense of the peace of God. Who knew what their calling was and what was needed for them to be fulfilled in their calling? And then 
Carson made this comment. He said, we experience peace in proportion to the room that we give to the Holy Spirit's control in our life. In other words, as we learn to grow in giving things up to God, we also grow in experiencing the peace that comes back to us from that transaction. And that is a wonderful lesson for us to learn. Nobody ever gets peace all at once in one shot. What I want you to understand is we grow in our ability to experience the peace of God. It is a gradual thing as we grow in Christ and we learn to trust Him more and give more room to the Holy Spirit to control our lives. We sense that peace coming. And as we get older, believe it or not, we should understand that more and experience that more and express that more as we follow the Lord. I want to close with something I read from the writings of Malcolm Muggeridge who challenges us to know the enduring peace of Christ with these rather poetic words. He says, We look back upon history and what do we see? Empires rising and falling, revolutions and counter-revolutions, wealth accumulated and wealth dispersed. I look back upon my own fellow countrymen, Great Britain, once upon a time dominating a quarter of this world, most of them convinced in the words of what is still a popular song that God who made them mighty shall make them mightier yet. I've heard a crazed, cracked Austrian named Hitler announce to the world the establishment of a Reich that would last a thousand years. I have seen an Italian clown, Mussolini, say he was going to stop and restart the calendar with his own ascension to power. I've heard a murderous Georgian brigand in the Kremlin, Stalin, acclaimed by the intellectual elite of the world as being wiser than Solomon, more humane than Marcus Aurelius. I've seen America wealthier and in terms of military weaponry more powerful than the rest of all the world put together so that had the American people so desired they could have outdone Caesar or Alexander in the range and scale of their conquests all in one lifetime, all in one lifetime, all of it gone, all of it gone with the wind. England, now a part of a tiny island off the coast of Europe, threatened with dismemberment and even bankruptcy. Hitler and Mussolini dead, remembered only in infamy. Stalin, a forbidden name in the regime he helped to found and dominate for some three decades. America, haunted by fears of running out of those precious fluids that keep their motorways roaring and the smog settling all in one lifetime, all in one lifetime, all gone, gone with the wind. Behind the debris of these solemn supermen and self-styled imperial diplomatists, there stands the gigantic figure of one, because of whom, by whom, in whom, and through whom alone mankind may still have peace. And that one man is the person of Jesus Christ. He alone remains when everything else is gone. And I don't know about the rest of you. I'm proud to say I've put my hope in him. I've bet eternity on him. And I am trusting him for the peace I need to unravel all the things that get all confused in life and give me direction so that I know what to do. And I sense that you're right with me there. Are you not? Amen. Thank God for peace that he gives. The shoes of peace. We got truth now. We got righteousness now. Now we got peace. And we're getting prepared to do battle with the enemy. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow uh, we will 
begin a new piece of the armor called the shield of faith. This is the piece of armor that withstands all the darts of the enemy. That's what it says. The fiery darts of the enemy. This shield of faith will will be something you will find very useful as we move forward in the armor of the believer. Don't miss tomorrow and Wednesday. And then on Thursday and Friday, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. Spiritual warfare is not discussed very often in our churches because, frankly, it's uh, convicting sometimes. We we lose the war because we don't even know that we're in one, or we lose the war because we don't know we have an enemy. More than one battle in the history of warfare has been won because one side discovered the battle plans of the other. And Christians, I mean, we, believers, we have that kind of advantage. God has given us the information about our enemy, his character, his strategies, and he has given us a six-part suit of spiritual armor that is capable of protecting us from anything Satan's attacks might bring to us. It's kind of like the Iron Dome over Israel. That's what the armor is for us. We're learning about it every day. I hope you're joining us. And be sure to be with us tomorrow right here, same time, same place, on this good station. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. Will you tell us one way that you're being blessed by Turning Point? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada. P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's a great way to stay on guard and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Spiritual Warfare here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Thank you for your prayers and support of Turning Point. We invite you to make an even bigger impact by becoming one of our Bible Strong partners. A special group whose support of the ministry is crucial in helping Dr. David Jeremiah deliver the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. Turning Point is committed to presenting sound biblical teaching all across Canada. And when you stand with us in partnership, we also commit to you to provide you with empowering resources to keep you Bible Strong. When you set up your online account at davidjeremiah.ca slash biblestrong, you will have instant access to Dr. Jeremiah's Topical Living Library audio messages and his companion booklets, exclusive club resources, and our quarterly Influencing Your World newsletter. You can also purchase additional study guides at a 50% discount for personal or small group studies with our convenient one-click checkout. Plus, join our exclusive Facebook page. You will have special access to new audio podcasts and additional content from Dr. Jeremiah. Join with other Bible Strong partners today by committing to give $25 or more each month. Your prayers and donations are the backbone of Turning Point, keeping us Bible Strong. 
For more information or to join, visit our website today at davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. 